All right. Well, welcome, welcome back. We're back with the Vanity Ultra Podcast, and ladies and gentlemen, today we have a special guest for the interview today. Um, man, this guy is someone who I've been following since last year. Actually, uh, came across his page. I believe um, it was his YouTube first. I actually, came across his YouTube channel first. Then came across his page on Instagram, and I was like, wow, I love how he just curates everything in terms of um, just overall, just like day to day life, and then also his, his multiple interests. Um, I also started listening to his playlist that he puts out on Spotify, which are very curated very well. Um, and then, of course, with his brand, you know, his brand is very well put together as far as the overall pieces and also as big well fits. as he gets big fits off big fits yeah. off, most certainly. And so without further ado, I'd love for our guest for today to introduce himself. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my name is Ethan. It's good to be here. I th- it's crazy that you found me on YouTube first. I feel like no one ever says that. Yeah, no, like I remember I was like going through YouTube. I was watching somebody's video and then I saw you came up as a suggestion. And I was like, oh, OK, let me just check it out. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. I love how like the video started and just, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> shout out YouTube. That's sick. Yeah, you Yo, could, shout out YouTube. YouTube University, man. <laughs> love YouTube. That's so funny. Yo, so we want to begin this interview with asking, of course, uh, where are you from? Uh, originally from Toronto, Canada. Um, born and raised, lived there for the majority of my life. Um, and for the last bit now, I've been living out in LA, kind of back and forth, split the difference. Um, but yeah, Toronto all the way. Six, 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 six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. And so growing up in Toronto, um, what were some of your first early interests growing up? Um, I feel like Toronto is such a, like a walking city. Like I didn't have a driver's license. So I was like 16 or 17. Um, uh, actually, no, that's not true. I had first driver's license. I got when I was 18, when I moved away to college, cause I needed a form of photo ID. And so mm-hmm. with that, like I would just never, we never really drove anywhere. never did anything. Every, I lived downtown, went to school downtown as a kid. So I was really into biking and skateboarding and stuff. And so that's kind of was like, in my high school days, it was like right into that, like mm. the fixed gear bikes and stuff were really popular oh, yeah. at that point. And so yeah. like that was me all the way, like in high if school. If you don't want me day. asking how old, how old you are? Uh, I'm 25. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're about the same age. So yeah. yeah, that when that fixie, those fixie bikes did. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> it was wild. What a wild time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that like popped. I was skateboarding, longboarding, kind of like doing whatever, and then Bixie started popping up, and I was like, "Yo, this is sick!" Like, yeah. I, I could I could get around with that. And then um, that was like my life for like three years. That my friends and I would just like build bikes, bike everywhere, do everything. Winter in Toronto is horrible and cold yeah. and depressing, but summer is so great. And so all summer long, we'd just be like out riding, having a good time, doing whatever. Sick. And then. Um, from there, it just, I don't know, kind of, I went to culinary school um, oh, in Niagara. Cool. Yeah, totally out of left field. But yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do. My parents were like, well, you have to do something. So culinary school sounded more fun than regular school. So yeah. I did that, worked in kitchens, and then just kind of went from there. Wow. And so you were, you didn't want to continue to do that? You were kind of over it or? I, the cooking was like the creative, it was creative for me. It was like a creative outlet and I enjoyed it. My parents cooked a lot growing up. So it was just like a very natural thing. And I still cook a lot um, today, but just the like kitchen life is just so hard. And so just not me, like long hours, late nights, just that it just took the creativity out of it. And the creativity is what I went into it for. So um, I did 
school for two years, kitchens for a few years after that. And then just eventually it was like, you know what, this isn't for me. I gotta, I gotta make a change. Yeah, dude. I, that's one thing about like, everyone thinks it's all fun and games until they get back there in that hot ass kitchen and you're slicing <laughs> your fingers off and burning <laughs> the shit out of yourself. Yeah. I Absolutely. can see how she gets old. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so shortly, like after that period necessarily, cause I'm very interested. So when did you necessarily have that first, like, well, I'm assuming, have you always had like an interest in fashion just like growing up? Um, To an extent. I mean, I feel like when I was in high school, like I care about what I wore, but like not really that much. I wasn't anything crazy. Like, I don't know, I was wearing skinny jeans like everyone else and just, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. It wasn't like that big of a deal. Um, But then I think in college, that's when I started to care a little bit more. Um, that's also when I discovered YouTube and all the like travel vlogger era where they would just like travel all over the world filming shit. And like, that was really interesting to me. And that was like my first introduction to social media in like that sense, like, oh, you can do this for a living. You could just like travel around the world. That's sick. Um, and then kind of through that, like found fashion people and just kind of everything progressed from there. Wow. Crazy. You know, it's funny, like chefs have some of like the wildest swag, dude. <sighs> Like yeah, why, like Mario Batali and those orange Crocs, bro. Always like, <laughs> like and, using Andrew Zimmern, bro. Like Andrew Zimmern, um, just a quick little story. You know, I love that show Bizarre Foods as yeah. a kid. Like, and he, I loved his eyeglasses, mm. and I, I was always like really into him. And I found out like, that they're a brand called Mascot, and mm. now I have a pair of Mascots. Oh wow! So it's just a full circle moment. But yeah, it's That's just funny how like, um, you know, you just you find like fashion in like in like, the weirdest places yeah because necessarily like for you you were saying like you weren't necessarily into fashion just like growing up you yeah. were just like ah oh, let me just post some on and just go outside yeah. and just hang with the home. so yeah. wow so i'm very interested because when first coming across you i'm very curious to wanting to know like what came first like obviously you spoke about like the youtube and getting introduced to that but like was that necessarily the start of it all would you say yeah um kind of like my first second year of college and right out of the gate I found YouTube and stuff um and so that like I was already on Instagram but like just for fun and then that kind of brought me to the whole world of like people that made money through social media and stuff and at that point it was very new um and YouTube was kind of the big platform to make money on and and, like live your life just doing whatever you want it's like that was really fascinating and then right out of the gate I was like that's sick like that that's what I want to do I want to just like travel and fuck off and just make money like that's it's, it seems like a dream life and um at that point that was like seven years ago now I was like making YouTube videos it was like that's sick I want to do that I was like any trip I'd go on I would make some sort of a video from it um and that's kind of what first put me into the whole like photography and videography space because that was my intro mm-hmm. to basically what I do now um so after seeing like YouTubers and stuff I was like really invested in that and at the time it was a lot about like camera gear and how to edit and how to take photos how to shoot videos like all that kind of stuff and I learned all that for YouTube and then I was like okay I can make content about the same kind of thing and then that was kind of like my first step and I did that for five years probably YouTube Instagram just trying to like make it work mm-hmm. and it never did it never took off I was like the most I got to was like 10k on Instagram YouTube just like never worked and I was like this is this is crazy I spent five years doing this and nothing <laughs> came from it but I was yeah. like for so long I was so determined because I was like this it seems like a dream life like why wouldn't I want to do it um and it was really fun I loved making things like that 
Um, and then it eventually turned into like an actual job. Um, I got a job working as like a videographer and editor for a big YouTuber in Toronto. Um, so I was making all of like her videos and her content, which was like on the million plus subscriber scale. So it was wow. like, yeah, went wow. from like zero to a hundred to be able to like really immerse myself in like how the business works. And like, you're working on like six, seven figure brand deals. Like you're just doing huge jobs and it's right. like, okay, now I see, like, I can see why you can make money. I can see why it's a successful business. And then I feel like I just kind of put all that knowledge and all the other jobs I did and just kind of like put it into myself and eventually it, it worked. Wow. Yeah. And the one thing I did notice when it come across your like YouTube channel and like, especially your vlogs, like just the heavily, the heavy attention to detail when it comes to like the transitions and like the music behind your YouTube videos. And it was just so well put together. And so that's when I knew for myself, I was like, all right, let me, let me dive in a little bit more. Like, let me see more of what he's about. And so like, I love overall, like how you're just able to like curate yourself, but not only, not only yourself, but just also your day-to-day things and like tasks, like you're able to just curate it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Um, so when it comes to, do you believe that when it comes to the work you were doing for YouTube, it's like, translated very well into wanting to of course when you started every other thursday and like the overall the visual behind everything you do for that um i'm not sure if youtube specifically connected to that for me youtube was just like something i tried to do for so long that never worked and then i gave up on it for a number of years um and i think the videos that you're referencing that you've watched is stuff that i put out probably in the last year year and a half which is completely different than what i put out like seven years ago when i Mm -hmm. tried to do that um, and I think it's because like for so long, in the beginning, when I was young, I was trying to do what was popular or what everyone else was doing or what I thought was going to do well. And it just like never took off for me. And then uh, like a year and a half ago, two years ago, I started on TikTok and was like the most true to myself in terms of content that I had ever been. And that's when it really started to take off. And so then I put that same energy into YouTube which is the videos you're talking about. That was just the most like whatever I looked at, I filmed like it wasn't anything overproduced or like trying to be mm-hmm. something else. It was very just true to me. And I put the music that I wanted, even though it would get copyrighted and not make any money on ads, but that's what I thought sounded good. And that's music I would listen to. So I was like, whatever, I'll put it in. And then every other Thursday was just like, it started as a mood board as everyone on Instagram made at one point and it was just like whatever i thought was cool i'd post it and then it just kind of evolved from there and i think i'm just that like aesthetic that i tried to make within the mood board just kind of like progressed into the rest of it mm. wow. yeah looking at um looking at um every other thursday's page it's it's very like um like it's funny because one of my main style kind of like um influences it's like uh actors from like the 80s and 90s i think that's such mm. a good look and i've seen like you've got pictures of um of harrison ford and that's kind of like mm. there's yeah. like such good like american just classic menswear um is that something that you try to um communicate through every other thursday is kind of like that same kind of vibe for sure a lot of the stuff i wear personally is vintage like i'd say 90 percent of my closet is just vintage clothes i found on ebay or thrifted or bought whatever um, and then with every other Thursday, that was a big part of it because on my, the rise of my career, I guess, was through TikTok. And so it's like everyone on TikTok just wants to know where shit's from. Like all they ever ask is, where's this from? Where's this from? 
And like eighty yeah. percent of the time, I'm like, I don't know, it's some obscure thing from nineteen eighty. Like, good luck finding it. Like, you know, like yeah. you give someone a tag, but what's that gonna do? They're not gonna like. Hmm. It's kind of like a one in a hundred chance. Let me get the ID on it. them pants. Yeah, exactly. Pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I found them for like ten dollars. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. So that was like a big thing. And then anything I did put people on that was something you could actually buy in store at a brand or whatever people would buy it and they would like sell out. I had some brands like message me. Like one time I posted about a pair of sweats. No, I didn't even post about them. I just wore them. And people were like, yo, where are those sweats from? They look fire. And I commented. And then the brand like reached out to me a couple weeks later and was like, yo, we randomly sold out of all of our sweats last week. And we don't know why, but then we found your video and we're like, thank you. Like you're, we're going to give to you a pair just because, you know, that was nice to you. And I was like, okay, well, if I, you have the buying power through TikTok of just like putting people onto things like, how can I kind of like take that and turn it into something for myself as well? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of new clothes I don't really fuck with because I don't know, they're just not really my style, but a lot of like vintage stuff, I like the silhouettes, I like the cuts, I think it looks sick. And so mm-hmm. I kind of just took some of the aspects of things that I like and then brought that into every other Thursday. And so to answer your question, yes, a lot of things are like inspired by clothes from like 20, 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. um and then just kind of like a new spin on that so like the harrison ford photos and stuff like he was rocking just like a pair of penny loafers and shorts yeah. and a knit sweater like it's so easy but like i don't he know that's something great. i would wear yeah. yeah it looks great and it's like why does that look great oh because those shorts are actually like four inch inseam shorts and there's not that many brands that make such a short pair of shorts that mm-hmm. fit exactly like that or like there's a lot of like vintage crew necks that i have but like no new crew neck fits like that but with every other Thursday, we tried to like make things that fit and felt more like a vintage crew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And initially, what, when, when necessarily did you get the idea to want to start the brand every other Thursday? I didn't really have an idea. It was never something I wanted to do. I never wanted to like run a brand that was like, I don't know. I was, like I said, I was not that into fashion growing up. So it was totally out of left field. And it was just something that kind of came with everything else that I was doing. But mm-hmm. Um, I had the mood board for like a year or so and then probably like six months into me making TikToks and at that point I was probably like 80k or something and I was really into like finding vintage hats and just like whatever cool hats I could find and then so I was like why don't I make a hat that says every other Thursday on it just because that'd be nice and I made that and wore it and like as TikTok is yo ID on that hat ID on that hat where can I get that hat so I was like, okay, let me make some and then see if I can sell them. So I made 20 hats and they sold in like two minutes. I was like, oh, okay, sick. So yeah. let's make some more. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. and then it just evolved from there. I made hats and then made more hats and then I made tote bags. And then like I just kind of like made things that I wore and used every day and then made like my version of it. So I made like a hat, a tote, a little ashtray because I had to take a lot of photos of like whatever at my house and stuff. Um, like photos of my living room and my old place are all over Pinterest. And mm-hmm. so I was like, how can I brand a par- portion of that image? So I made an ashtray and it had oh. the logo on it. And I was oh, like, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And is there any sort of like significance or meaning to the name every other yeah, Thursday? Yeah, I was going to ask, is that yeah. when you guys drop every other Thursday? Um, we drop on Thursdays, not every other. I wish it was that frequent. Um, but <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it, it originally was from getting paid like every other week. Yeah. And for some reason stuck in my brain, I remember when I was a kid, my mom got paid on every other Thursday and just stuck with me. And then when I was trying to come up with a name, 
for the mood board, not even the brand. I was just coming up with a mood board name and I wanted something three words because that felt good to say. I saw a bunch of brands with a day of the week in it and I was like, that sounds cool. And then everything just kind of clicked together, came up with Everly Thursday. Yeah, it's a good it's a good name. It rolls off the tongue very, very well. It does. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. No, I really like that was one of the best things I've done is come up with that name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so and I'm very curious. So what gives you the inspiration to create some of the pieces you have been able to put out thus far for every other Thursday? Yeah, like like you uh, mentioned, it's kind of like stuff that you can't find or like you want to make better. So it's yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. A lot of stuff is like I take usually it starts with like a vintage garment that I use as like a reference piece and a way place to start at. Um, and I'm like, okay, how can I, it's easy to like make something based on something else. Like a sweatshirt, for example, is very easy to like find a piece and then like adapt it. And then um, the like graphic design aspect of like whatever logos or whatever, like I'm not a graphic designer. Um, like I just use aerial font, like it's not rocket science, but I think the brand kind of like built its own little community um, as well as my community. And so people just fuck with it, I guess. I don't know. And so I'll, it'll start with like a vintage garment and I'll figure out like what I want to put on it. Um, like we did some t-shirts last summer um, that we're actually going to redo this summer that were like, uh, I had a graphic designer friend of mine hired him to make some like music department thing I thought of. And then um, we had like a, a paper boy tea. I had a different artist come up with a drawing and I just kind of like, how can I like, like for those, it was like a vintage t-shirt. I had so right. many vintage t-shirts and I'm like, they're so sick, but like, I, I want more. Like, how do I make a shirt new that is like a vintage t-shirt? And they all have just like big graphics that are totally obscure and like don't really make any sense, but they mm-hmm. look cool. And so right. I was like, okay, well, how can I like make our own version of that? Um, and then it just kind of evolves in there. So it starts with, some sort of a reference and then just like take a bunch of different ideas and mush them all together. Mm. And so I'm very curious. So when it comes to the overall, cause I, yeah, hold on, wait, you're really curious. Today. <laughs> I was just going to say, no, cause you're like, really curious today. And I just been, I'm just curious. Um, and I just, I've been thinking, um, just like curiously, like, um, just I'm actually really curious. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I was like, I've been following him for like for quite a minute like, now. So curious George over here. No. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. But um come on. Inquire. Come on. So, what are you curious about? Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to the overall process of now just handling this brand right where every other Thursday, would you say the time you were putting into focusing on the YouTube channel and obviously just like social media content, do you think, is it more or less like the same, like sort of like effort, if that makes any sense? Like, are you, putting Oh, I don't, there? I don't make content anymore. I fully gave up. I it was oh, never shit. something. Yeah. I, it was like, I'll make content. Yes, yeah. Of but course. It's yeah. like once in a blue moon, I haven't made YouTube video in like six, eight months. Um, I fully just that it just takes so much work to make a YouTube video specifically. And I just, I don't know. I got bored of it. So I stopped making it. And that's kind of been like the theme ever since I started TikTok was like, I tried to do social media for so long and it didn't work because it wasn't authentic to me. And so when I started again, I was like, okay, well, if it's not feeling good, then don't make it, don't force it because that's what didn't work in the past. So with every other Thursday, as it started to grow kind of like a year ago till now was kind of when my focus started to shift and less on the content more on the brand and then now like i i barely make content i don't think i post on instagram like a month and i 
make a TikTok every few days just because sometimes I have an idea, but yeah. it's definitely all focused on the brand now. Um, that's my everyday. I mean, you might not be able to make TikToks for very much longer. They're trying to shut that shit down, dude. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling, I think I was, I was with my grandma, just like we went to visit her and they were talking about it on the news and she was just like, yeah, they're thinking about banning TikTok. And I was like, I wish they would. I spend way too much fucking time Literally. on that goddamn app. I wish they would ban that shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Every time on Sunday, I get my screen report or screen time thing from Apple. Brutal. And I'm like, stop sending me that. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. Um, you so- spend six hours on Friday night at TikTok. Yeah. yeah. It's like, good, good talk. And and it's funny just bringing that up. So how what do you feel about the current state of like social media currently right now compared to five years ago? Mm-hmm. Like, where do you see it like just heading into now? And then like, just what are your overall thoughts? Uh, it's a lot. That's what I think. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like with TikTok, I feel like we saw a rise of anyone being able to become semi-famous or internet famous kind of overnight. TikTok, like Instagram never gave you that option. YouTube barely gave you that option. Like nobody just like randomly popped out of nowhere and suddenly like had a full-fledged job and career. But with TikTok, it's like you make a handful of videos that go viral and all of a sudden you got like 100K and now you can like charge 10 grand for a video like it it, all of a sudden like everyone can do it but also everyone is trying to do it Mm -hmm. and so it's a lot and i feel like that's one of the reasons why i don't really like tiktok as much anymore and why i'm like totally fine if it gets banned i mean not totally fine because at the end of the day it's a lot big part of my life but it's like it's just there's so much out there now and so many people trying to all do the same thing that i feel like it's like tired we're like waiting for whatever the next cool thing is um like when i started making content on tiktok a year and a half two years ago which was deemed like fashion content there was like maybe four guys that made Mm -hmm. stuff like that like there was almost no one and now like all my for you pages just all dudes making fashion videos or tiktoks like here's my outfit get dressed with me like all these things and like at the Mm -hmm. time people are like yo what are you doing like only girls made that type of content for example and now it's like such a big thing and it's like not that it's bad. It's just that there's so much out there. It's just like, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for whatever's next. And with yeah. Instagram, I feel like that's a dying thing in general, I, just because. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. I, I give it like another five, six years. For real? Yeah. Hmm. That's fair. I think it'll, I think it'll always be there in a sense. Um, it's like Facebook because, though. Yeah. But like, I think that the difference with Instagram is it has some value no matter what like a brand for example will always thrive on instagram Mm -hmm. and fail on tiktok or any other platform because Mm -hmm. there's something like almost professional about instagram that no other platform can do at the same time of being totally unprofessional and personal and i think that it'll always have that place especially because there's so many people and brands that have like built huge audiences on the app that Mm -hmm. it's like it's not going anywhere anytime soon they're not in any controversy they're not like tiktok who's maybe getting banned like no one ever hears what instagram may be getting banned so it'll be there in some capacity but i feel like something new must come up because people don't watch youtube anymore people don't really care about instagram as much anymore people are all over tiktok but that's just because what's new and exciting like what's next what's the next thing Mm -hmm. and when it comes to every other thursday um, what are some key things you like to necessarily key on when it comes to the visual aspect of um, necessarily like the editorials for upcoming pieces mm. you're releasing? Because 
I definitely feel that you definitely pay a lot of attention to that. And as far as, of course, focusing on the detail of that, especially mm-hmm. with, of course, you saying you have the photography like background. Um, yeah. How much time and like detail is taken into account into that process? The editorials is my favorite part of the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, coming into it, working for brands in the past, working for influencers in the past, worked at a marketing agency where we worked for, did a lot of projects for brands. Creating the like campaigns and the visuals was the most exciting thing for me always. And that's what I liked most about my other jobs. And then so starting over the Thursday, I was like, okay, great. Now I can have full like capacity to do whatever I want. Like I'm in charge start to finish. Like it's my idea. And so sometimes I'll even like make products with a shoot in mind already. And I'm like, oh, that would look so good for this exact shoot. Let me make a product for that. Oh, it actually fits into the rest of the brand. That's great. And then it just kind of like flows from there. So the editorials is my favorite part. And this year um, was like a, last year we did a few, um, but we didn't have that many products to coming out, to be honest, like every three, four months I dropped stuff. But this year has been a huge push to kind of like get everything going. So every month or every other month, we've got a few things dropping. And so with that, I've put a huge emphasis on the shoots and the concepts we're putting, like before I just scrapped together things for like no budget. And now putting like money behind shoots trying to like do stuff and what's super exciting is that I still get to shoot all those things if I want like I could pass it off I usually hire a buddy of mine to do video because I prefer to do the photo Mm -hmm. um and it's just really exciting to be able to kind of see it through all the way to the end and so with every product or every launch I try and come up with some sort of creative shoot that's going to go well with it um like for example we're dropping knits in like a week and I wanted to come up with like a cool concept to shoot the nets. And um, we ended up, I ended up going with some, like a version of like a couple artists. And so found like some really cool spaces. One was like a crazy loft art studio with like paint all over the floor and canvases on the walls. And another one was a, a pottery studio. So we had like two separate models, one like pretending basically to be a painter, one pretending to like make pottery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, the editorials are never so much about the product it's more just like about the activity or about the person so it's very candid it's very casual um but also what he's wearing is the product so with the Mm -hmm. art one for example we had the guy painting had him like in the studio looking through paint canvases etc um and the whole time he's just wearing the net and it's not so much like a product focused shot we don't really do um like any sort of uh, lookbook photography or anything like that just because I find it kind of stale mm-hmm. um, like I feel like every brand just has someone stand somewhere wearing the clothes mm-hmm. essence vibes mm-hmm. and just take a photo so I'm like how can we like mix it up a bit and the creative campaigns is what I always loved doing in the past and so I was like okay so let me just bring that into there I feel like more brands should do I mean a lot of people do but I feel like that's where the real creativity lies how can you tie in the brand and the messaging and the visuals like how can you bring it together and i feel like a lookbook's great and you shows you how you're going to style it and how you're going to like present it but i feel like the brand essence comes through more in a campaign style thing we did one um in january we had some double snap hoodies restocked and so we did a whole campaign um with a fly fisherman and um so we had went to this place up in the mountains, nice river, and then had a guy in like waders, um, like all the way up to here. 
double snap hoodie on standing in the river fly fishing i got into the river i had waders on we were in there i had my (laughs) film camera like in there yeah i'm like don't drop the mamiya yeah (laughs) yeah um but it's it's like that's what's sick it's sick yeah because and it's like you mentioned it's less about like the products and more about like like you can live your life in mm. the, the like you can live your life in this you don't yeah, have to just like you know you're not just wearing it to just get the fit off you're wearing it because it's like it's functional mm-hmm. you feel good mm-hmm. you look good and therefore your day's probably going to be good no oh, that's a fact because i love those recent shots you did uh and you just spoke briefly on it of the doubles of uh, the double snap hoodie. yeah I thought those were done very well um and that actually goes into my uh next question um since you've started every other thursday what has been your favorite piece you've made this far um honestly i think it's the knits i'm wearing one right now yeah i was um, gonna ask if that's one of them because it looks great yeah um so we've got cotton knits which is like a big like chunky fisherman style um thick gauge 100 cotton boxy really nice comes in two colors then we got like a mohair blend that's more like a classic silhouette but like mm-hmm. mohair gives it some fuzzy texture right. um i'm excited on those i think that felt like a turning point for the brand kind of like move more towards like real pieces less mm-hmm. like sweatshirts t-shirts stuff like that um we've got a lot of knit stuff kind of plugged in for the rest of the year as well um as well as a bunch of other stuff so i feel like it felt like a turning point i think that's what i'm most excited about because everyone can make a hoodie and make a t-shirt and make a hat make a tote like it's all easy stuff to do for the most part um but i feel like you take that next step into something further and it might not be revolutionary but I don't know it's a bit more exciting right and what is do would you be in the consider well would you consider um with every other thursday possibly doing collaborations at some point yeah it's not out of the question um i feel like a buddy of mine who runs porter james sports um we've been talking yes. a bit um he was in toronto last summer we got to catch up and chatted for a couple hours um i feel like I wouldn't be opposed to anything. Um, I mean, I'm not like actively searching for a collab. I feel like the brand's starting to like find its own voice, especially with all mm-hmm. the campaigns and stuff we're doing. And so I feel like the kind of that's a big part. Kind of the next like three to six months, we have a ton of product coming out in the next three to six months. And I feel like that along with the campaigns really will build the brand's voice and story a bit better. Um, and then I think we could look towards what's next. And I feel like collabs definitely are on that horizon. So you mentioned how you are, um, you're in LA half and you're in Toronto half. Yeah. So I'm assuming you're in LA when it's winter in Toronto and then in the summer you go back. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, um, how does your workflow change in between those two places? Because I'm sure it's like, they're two different vibes. It's like a whole different thing. So yeah. Um, LA, I really like to be outside. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's just nicer out. Um, I'm a really outdoors kind of a guy. Um, I spend a lot of time outside as much as I can for the most part, Um, especially growing up in Toronto. Like you only have nice weather four months of the year. So I really take advantage of that. And so I feel like in LA, I work a lot, but it's, it's more kind of like work wherever. Like I'm answering emails on a hike or I'm like sitting at home on the computer. It's kind of like wherever, whenever. Whereas Toronto, I feel like I end up just, if it, as long as it's not summer, I feel like I end up just like sitting inside on a computer, just like working away, getting stuff done. Like um, in December, we were in Toronto and I just decided I wanted to remake the whole website. And I don't really know how to make websites, but I was like, I 
don't like it. I want it to be better. I want it to be more professional. So I spent like two weeks inside and just like built the website all over again. And yeah. so I feel like Toronto is much more of like a plugged in working. What can I do? What can I make better? What can I revamp? And then LA is more, Oh, I'll just kind of see what happens. I'll just go do yeah. whatever with my day. And then if yeah. I have to work, I have to work. I'm like answering emails in the car or whatever. Um, and then LA, we just shoot everything. That's where mm-hmm. it's just so much easier, so much nicer. You have access to so many things like the fly fishing shoe. We're in the mountains, which is like a 30 minute drive away. Like you don't get that in Toronto. Um, you don't have mountain rivers 30 minutes away. So mm-hmm. yeah. now being that you, of course, used to dabble within the culinary arts, um, what are some good uh, food spots that you would recommend, not only in Toronto, but also LA? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I don't have that many in Toronto, to be honest. I feel like I haven't, every time we're there, I'm just like cooking a lot normally, mm-hmm. but I haven't gone out for a lot of dinners. Um, one place we went last time we were in town was, uh, if I can remember the name, uh, Dai Lo on College. Which was phenomenal. I feel like I've heard of that uh, actually. I've heard of that place. Yeah. Is yeah. It like, it what was, kind of food is it? Um, Asian. Mm. I don't know if it's fusion. I don't know, but it's it's great. They've got like a long menu, and then they just do like kind of like a tasting menu if you want. You're like, just bring out whatever is good, and then they just like right. bring like six, seven courses of whatever stuff that they got going on. Um, it's great. And then in LA, there's a bunch of spots. Um, Bacchetti is like a little Italian spot in Echo Park that is great that we go to a lot. Um, it's just kind of like a chill vibe, but they have good wine and yeah. good food, great family style. Um, yeah, where else? There's a taco spot also in Echo Park called Grisados, which is actually fire. Very like low yeah. key, just yeah. comes on a little silver plate and you just eat it. It's like $2 Standing a taco. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great. Sick, man. And what something is, we don't have out here is like good Mexican, I don't think. Yeah, no, we definitely don't. Like being on like the East Coast and like particularly where we're from, it's like mostly like seafood. Yeah. Never, like, like clams and yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah, yeah. So and also too being in LA, what are some good um what are some good like clothing shops that you've been like, to? Like what brand you... what what brands are you yeah do you other than every other Thursday, obviously. But <laughs> uh yeah, what, what brands are you you banging with right now? Honestly. For the last couple of years, I bought barely anything new. Um, mm. Pretty much everything I'll buy is um, something vintage or off eBay or whatever. Um, a, because it's so much cheaper. Yeah. Um, like I get a pair of pants for 10 bucks, like it, whatever you want. Um, but it's also, I don't know, just nothing's like that exciting. I'm I'm not much that much of a shopper, I guess. Like I am like vintage and stuff because it's so accessible, yeah. but I feel like I'm, I never like, go to the store and buy something new or stuff like that so i don't even have like shops that i really go to because nothing is really like i don't know nothing's really speaking to me at the moment the only new stuff i really buy is like shoes like i just bought a pair of 990 v2s which are so oh, great they're so yeah, they comfortable are. yeah i love it i've had like the v3s used to be like my pair my go-to i had a few colors years ago but they're just too chunky and so i wanted yeah. something like slimmer and something kind of like went with jeans better and not so like dad shoey more just yeah. like a good shoe um so i, I tried out the v2 and I was, i'm hooked that's the thing about the 990 because i'm wearing the v5s right now and they're just like they're so comfortable i feel like i'm walking on clouds they just look kind of they're just like not yeah 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 look a little dorky <laughs> I'm like, because the V3s were like my go-to shoe for yeah. so long, but it's like, they look best with sweats and I don't want yeah. us to wear sweats every day. So it's like, I needed something to kind of bridge the gap. 
And the V2s feel a bit better. They're a bit slimmer. They're less mm -hmm. chunky looking. They've also like now got like a million and one colorways from yeah. a million and one different collabs. They're just in-house stuff. Like there's so much to choose from. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah, I have that that white pair of V2s from ALD from oh. but I'm like terrified of wearing them because they're like that bright yeah. white and I'm just I'm mm -hmm. shook. So they've just been sitting in my closet for months. Not even once. We I wore them that one time we went to DC. Okay. But All that right. was it. I don't even worn them since. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I'm terrified. Yeah. Now before the year's up, uh, what are some before we get you out of here, of course, um, what are some goals that you want to achieve or accomplish before the end of the year? Not only for the brand, but also personally yourself. Hmm. Um, the brand, I feel like it's a continuation of where we are. I feel like we have so many things that are in the works that nobody knows about um, just because nothing's ready yet, but they're all slated to be coming out in the next like one to six months. Um, and it's a, it's a huge turning point. I feel like uh, the knits is kind of like the first iteration of that. Um, and then, through all the way to the fall we've got stuff planned and plugged in and it's just going to be huge and then along with all of the shoots and campaigns and stuff that we do for it I feel like that's kind of like a big goal is just getting all that out and getting it all kind of like in the wild because not only like I said last year we've dropped like barely any product something every four months but like now it's every drop that's like every month or every other month is going to have like three to six things in it like everything is just going to really build and I want to see that catalog of product, excuse me, at the end of the year, that's just like well-rounded and kind of like speaks more to the brand voice. There's a whole page on the website now um, called the journal. It's just got like all of our campaigns shot um, and you can kind of go through it all and like see. And so I feel like that's the goal for me is like getting to a point at the end of the year where I can kind of look back and see all that progress that we made. And at the beginning of the year, we put a lot of emphasis into like growth and not only like, amount of products sold but also types of products and variation and campaigns and everything so i feel like at the end of the year it's going to be big to like look back and be able to see that we accomplished that um and obviously like we've got some number goals and stuff in mind that we're going to hit but um i feel like just that growth from like year over year like last year was just scratching the surface and this year i feel like it could be a big deep dive into kind of like true roots of the brand and what what we're looking to do and what we're looking to put out mm -hmm. wow yeah. well we just, on behalf of myself and also Elijah, we want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. For sure. It was definitely a trip to get, into, get to know you a little bit more, get to know about the overall process of how. Yeah, we were really curious about all that stuff. Just super <laughs> curious. Very curious about the process of your brand and then also just the overall, just how you put everything together and piece everything together. So it was a true pleasure to be able to have you on. Um, yeah, it was before a we get you thank you. Of course. And before we get you out of here, where can the people follow you as well as the brand as well? Um, mine is Ethan T. Glenn, Glenn with two N's on all platforms. Um, and then the brand is at every other Thursday. And I think there's an underscore at the end because someone took our name. Oh, damn. Did you hear when that shit happens? Say what the fuck, oh. bro? Like, it's like some account that me. doesn't post. It's like, yeah. it's like no zero zero whatever. And I'm, I'm like an fucking Instagram. I'm like, come on, people. Like, yeah. Give me something. Damn. Now, if I'm not mistaken, before we get you out of here, there's some you spoke to that briefly just really quick. Wasn't there a I might have been last year, wasn't like a, a brand or someone tried to like take the name or something or along the lines or tried to make a similar piece that you did? Like I think it was like the crew neck sweater or something. 
Um, not that I can remember. We had like a spam account a few months ago trying to like fake a giveaway, but that was kind of it. We had um, Zara make a shirt that said every other Sunday with the same font as their hat was. It was like identical looking. Um, They just swapped to Sunday. Those bastards, dude. Zara, (laughs) fucking, god damn it, dude. Just fucking Zara, man. Hey, man. Um, well, thank you. Like you said again, um, it was a true pleasure having you on. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Daniel Podcast with Ethan Glenn. And we are signing out. Peace.